we know that as those have given their lives, that sacrificed much, that we would have freedom in our nation. We know that ultimately to have true eternal peace, it was through the sacrifice of Jesus. And it's God alone that uh, will bring true peace for eternity. And we know that even in the scriptures, it says that we will beat our swords into plowshares, which basically for us today means we will turn our guns into gardening tools when God brings peace for eternity and that it's only through him. And so we look expectantly to that kind of peace. And so it seems to be fitting then as we enter into this last week on our series of the blessing that we're hitting the last line of that prayer, which says to give you peace, that God's blessing for each and every one of you is for you to have his peace, that eternal shalom that we'll talk through a little bit more today. But I want for us to look into this full blessing since it's our last week and we're all together with it. So I'd like to invite up actually Amber Zonka, who is our founding ASL interpreter, uh, Armando Reyes, the pastor of our Hispanic ministry, and Matt Davis, our resident rabbi. So if uh, you would all come on up, and I will um, say this in English, and while I do, Amber will sign it for us. And so here we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Can we just do that last line one more time? Give you peace. All right, thank you. Yes, wonderful. And then Armando, the blessing from number six in Spanish. Jehová te bendiga y te guarde. Jehová haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti Y tenga de ti misericordia. Jehová alce sobre ti su rostro y ponga en ti su paz. I'd like to even just point out, I love, if you get really literal with the way that that is translated in English, that it's that God would put his peace in you. He would put his peace in you. I love that, right? There's something pretty distinct to me about that. So thank you so much for that. Now, Matt, uh, we are going to move into Hebrew, but if you were here a few weeks ago, you, we got to experience the way that uh, how this would be is not just spoken, but sung. So. All right. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'chunecha Yisad and I, Parvalecha, Yisimlecha, Shalom. Thank you, all three of you, very much. You know, they say that, the, that in the biblical times, that prayer was sung over them at least three times a day. And as much as I like to give my friend Matt Davis a hard time, I could have you sing that to me three times a day, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we are looking for peace, and you know, they, they say in Sunday school, right, like if you don't know the answer to a question, it's just the safe answer is just Jesus, right? If you're in a Bible study, you don't know the answer, it's Jesus, right? You shout that out. Well, in beauty pageants, the safe answer to a question, if you don't know what to say, you'll find it out here from this clip from Miss Congeniality. 
say world peace. Definitely world peace. That's easy. World peace. World peace. What is the one most important thing our society needs? That would be harsher punishment for parole violators, Stan. And world peace. Perfect. So that's what <laughs> we know we're longing for. And uh, there's these two things, world peace and inner peace. These two things that are seemingly impossible to be able to find or to get. And really what's cool is that, all jokes aside, world peace and inner peace are the two things that only God can accomplish. Two things that only God can provide for our world and for each one of us individually. And that God will bring peace for our world and for us. And that is how this blessing ends, is just God saying, this is where I will bring my peace, shalom. And this shalom is more than just peace. It's more than just what we think of as the absence of conflict or war, but it is wholeness, fullness of life in all the areas of life, that God will complete all of that and bring unity in our lives. And so this shalom is, is a big, big word, and peace is a big, big concept in the Bible. Even the, the angels, when Jesus was born in, in Luke 2, the angels came and they said, peace on earth, on those whom God favor rests. And God's favor rests on each of you. God's favor is for you. That's what this blessing is about, for you to know that God has peace for you, that God wants peace for you. He desires all of these things for you. He wants you to be blessed in all of them. But I do want us to understand what this shalom, what this biblical peace is really all about. So I want us to turn our attention to even one more video by uh, people from the Bible Project who are incredible at taking very complex things and making them simple and understandable. Check it out here. The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. 
In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting, it also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom, and his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. Wow, right? It's a lot in a short chunk. So hopefully you're able to take that in because it's a beautiful picture of what peace is, of how it is this wholeness, completeness. And we know that peace can only come through Jesus Christ and through what he has done. Jesus himself said, and this was very briefly referenced in that video, in John 14, 27, this is him at the Last Supper, right before he is about to die, and he's with his disciples, and he's telling them, he's preparing them for him to be gone, and he's talking to them about how the Holy Spirit is going to come and dwell within them and empower them, and he says to them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And we might even think that in our world that peace can only be accomplished through, through war or through fighting in some way to, to win and then you have peace. But Jesus says, I'm going to do this so upside down in the way that I always do. And I'll do this by sacrificing myself and where he died upon that cross to bring true peace. So do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful because he has brought us peace when it comes to that true eternal sense. And so then we can have that sense of calm in the midst of the storm, in the midst of our world being even at war. We know that we have an eternity that is secure because of the peace of Jesus. 
And he says that in this blessing that true peace comes when God's face is lifted to you, right? In this, in this blessing, in this prayer, it says that, that his countenance is lifted on you, and then that's when peace comes, when his face is lifted up to you. And it's pretty awesome to think about this face of God being lifted to you as we even talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago of where the face of God lifted to you is like a king in his, in his court and the king is in there ruling and you have entered and if you are anyone but the king, you are there at just hoping for the pleasure of the king upon you because you could be dismissed, you could be rejected, you could be executed. When you approach the king, he is in full control. But God says, I am the king, and what I do as the king is I lift my face to you, and I lift it with joy and delight in you, and then in that moment, when I fully have shown, like shined upon you, smiled upon you, that is where I bring true peace to you. God's peace is for you, and he wants you to experience that. I felt God's peace through the revealing of his face to me in midst of times of stress and, and struggle, right? That's when God comes in and brings us his peace. I love this verse, Psalm 4.8. I love it so much. It says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. That it is in the presence of God that we can, I don't know, I just get this picture when I read this of sort of curling up, right, into, into God and God sort of holding me safe. And in the midst of that, you can just sleep and be at peace because God's presence and his strength is there in the midst of that moment for you and he will grant you that peace. And so we can have then that peace for ourselves. And it's, it's almost sad how much we often try to search for peace in all sorts of misguided ways. We search to cover our pain or cover our stress or we search for it through self-help. We search for it through all sorts of strange gurus or spirituality that's uh, devoid of Jesus, good vibes and things like that. We search for peace through drugs and alcohol. We search for peace in in unhealthy relationships at times to find peace in other people when God says to us, I am the source for your peace. I am the only place that you should look for your peace. And this whole prayer is just designed, this whole blessing is just designed to repeat and repeat and repeat and remind and remind and remind you that God is for you. That God's peace is for you. God's grace is for you. God's blessing is for you. That you know that you have a God that cares for you in that way. And so I hope you're reminded of that in this series and every time that I pray this over you at the end of our services. Because this shalom, this peace, is the culmination of the blessing, right? It's the, it's the end of the prayer. It's how it all ends. But it's also just how, like, what we're building towards with all of it is this shalom. I love this quote by uh, a guy named Brad Gray that Matt Davis and I went to Turkey with learning about the early church there. And he has this quote that says, salvation in the Bible is never the end game. It's the beginning. Shalom is the end game. 
Okay? Salvation is very, very, very necessary. You got to start. You got to have a beginning if you're going to get to the end game. So you need it. Okay? But that's not the end. A lot of times in the church, we, we go and we work towards this point and we think, all right, you're saved. You got it. You're in the clear. You're done. But everything else then is building towards this ultimate shalom, this peace that God will bring uh, in the end where he makes everything right. He will make everything right. And God wants to, he wants your face to look fully into his face and know that he sees every part of you in that moment. He sees everything you've done, good or bad. And he loves you and brings you his peace as you're face to face right there in the heart of that moment. I want you to see uh, just a, a story uh, of a man in our church. And in a little bit, actually, we're going to celebrate with baptisms. We have um, a, a bunch of baptisms that we're excited to celebrate with these people. But um, the first, we're very excited about just this guy, Ryan Joseph. He's not going to come out for a little while, but we're going to have a, a little testimony video from him where he shares with us, he's a member of our church and kids in our school, and just sharing with us his story of how he was saved, but also of how God, in some hard times, brought him peace. I became a Christian when I met my wife. Her father is a pastor of a Latin uh, ministry, and it was actually through him uh, where I turned my life around and uh, gave my life to Jesus. It was July 4th, uh, 2010, and uh, we were at a barbecue, and uh, I was outside, you know, talking to my father-in-law, trying to put my best foot forward, and he asked me if I believed in Jesus. I said, mm, yeah, I do. Uh, he asked me if I uh, believed that he died on the cross for our sins, um, and then he asked me if I believed that he rose on the third day, and I go, yeah, I do. Uh, these are all things that I did believe, um, but I never really knew what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus. So after that, I kind of started really diving into uh, reading the Bible and, and going to church, and that was kind of the beginning of, of my, uh, as I gravitated closer to God. Our first pregnancy was flawless. It was so simple, everything went great. Um, so then we were pregnant with our second son, Jacob, and he, uh, as she was going through the first trimester, um, uh, we had some complications. And uh, they told us that, uh, that he had uh, some life-altering conditions that, uh, that they found. Um, it really put a lot of stress on us. So uh, we took the information, they wanted to run more tests. Within that week, uh, it was probably one of the most difficult times I've ever had because um, you know that this is life altering. It's, it's gonna change the dynamic of our family and it's, it's gonna be a lot of work. The, the doctors were, um, when they told us about this, it, the, this medical issue, that abortion was one of the options. Um, they, they explained to us how difficult life would be um, so it was something that they were kind of guiding us to, and it was something that we didn't believe in. So, um, you know, through prayer, we came to accept whatever this was, this was God's will. Um, whether it was going to be tough or not, we knew that it was God's plan, and whatever it was, uh, we were up for the challenge. So, uh, you know, my wife and I, we prayed, and we prayed uh, every night, and um, and one day, um, I was at work, and uh, I had a friend. Um, and I had told no one about this story. I, no one knew at work. Uh, it was something that we kept really close. To. And um, 
uh, we started talking about God because I was new in my faith. I liked talking about God with people. So, and, and out of the blue, he starts telling me a story of uh, when he was in Honduras um, that uh, the doctors told him their daughter was going to be born with the same life-altering condition that my son was uh, uh, having. Right then in that moment, I felt something like the first thing that came to mind is that God was speaking to me. He continued with his story that how he, uh, him and his wife prayed and um, they went full term thinking that they were going to have this child with this, with this condition and um, she was fine. And at that moment, I felt that God told me that, that my son was going to be okay. And uh, I, I got emotional, as I feel like I, I will now, but um, I felt this peace that things were going to be okay. Being new in my faith, I wanted to call my wife and tell her, hey, you know what, I think God spoke to me. I think it's going to be all right. But I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to give her false hope. I know I was trying to be the strong one, so I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't want to cause any more damage or anything like that, so I kept it to myself. So then uh, I came home from work, and when I drove in, she was in the driveway. And as I got out of my car, she was crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she told me that she got out, just got off the phone with the doctor, and the doctor said that, that our son was going to be fine, that the test results came back, that he, he was going to be okay, and that, uh, that he wasn't going to have any issues. and. At that moment, I told her, you know what? God spoke to me today. And I told her about that moment where I felt he was reaching out to me and telling me, look, have faith and everything is gonna be okay. And I think that's, the, that's actually not only the moment that gave me peace, but it was actually the turning point in my faith. It was, it was at that moment what I felt what it was like to have a relationship with God. Ever since then, um, it's changed my outlook on life. Now I can see the little miracles that he does throughout the day in my life. I don't see it as coincidence. I don't see it as chance. I see those miracles. I see him working in my life. I can even look back in my past and see when God was there taking care of me. I'm getting baptized because uh, I believe I've come a long way in my faith and I, I have given my, my life to Jesus. I know uh, this is one of the steps uh, going forward in my faith. Um, I also want to be uh, an example for my children. I mean, they, they are so far along uh, than I am in their faith because of the school. I've learned through them a lot. Uh, uh, they've actually also helped me bring me closer to God as well. My love for Jesus, the fact that I just want to move forward and grow in my faith. Yeah, super proud of, of Ryan in that they also, they started with saying, hey, Lord, what your will be done, right? And although we don't really have any choice with that, by the way. Uh, uh, but they started with that, like a sense of God, I have a sense of peace no matter what happens. But also, Lord, thank you for giving me this sense of peace that you are going to provide in this moment of what the cry of our heart is. And so God is, is there for all of us, and his presence is with us, whether we quote-unquote get the answer we want in our prayer. We always get an answer, but if we get the prayer we want or not, and we have to recognize that God's peace will be with us through all of these times. But beautiful to hear just the story of people that have just put their trust in God and God meeting them in the midst of that. This, this whole blessing, this ends, actually, verse 27 comes after. There's this line in verse 27 where he says, 
So after the blessing is prayed, it says, so I will put my name on them. God says, I will put my name on you. You are now identified as God's children. God's name is on you. And he says, and then I will bless them. That's what God wants to happen out of this prayer, that God's name is on you. You are his, and he has everything in control, even when you don't. And that's from what I found quite a bit of the time, right? Amen? (laughs) It's hard. And so God's blessing is over us. And so what I'd like to do now in the midst of this moment is for us just to, even if we want to even kind of put our stuff down and just sit and close our eyes and receive the words of this blessing over you, that God delights in you, that God wants to bless you, that God wants to show you his favor, and just know deep down that these words are for you. So if you would, just close your eyes, if you want to even put your hands out a little, and just be still for a moment here. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. Be still for a moment and consider the face of Jesus shining on you. And be gracious. To you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Sit in that for a moment. May your peace, O Lord, be made known to each one of us in beautiful, radical ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are going to transition to a time of baptisms. Baptisms are this incredible time that we have where we have this opportunity to to display and to symbolize work that has already been done deep down in us, that these people have already been saved. They've already been baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. And in that moment, in the point of conversion, they have been, they have identified with the death of Jesus and his resurrection. They have identified with being dead to sin and alive now in Christ. That happened already for each one of these people. And what they will do here is they will proclaim that to the world, and they will now symbolize that as they go down into the water, identifying with Jesus' death and being dead to sin, and as they come up out of the water, identifying with his resurrection and being made new, new lives in Jesus Christ. 
And I'm excited to celebrate this, and I hope you are, and it's going to be okay for you to kind of pick up the, you know, the applause and the cheers and the gusto for each one. Now, you've already heard the first one's ba- uh, baptism testimony, all right? The first one is going to be Ryan Joseph. He's coming out right now with Pastor Matt Doan. Let's give him a warm, warm welcome. Good morning, church. Eric said earlier that we have a, a bunch of baptisms, and it's true. I'm personally baptizing nine people right now, so pray for my right arm as we do this. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? We have several more after that, after that, and so God is moving in good and great ways here at Calvary Church, and all glory to him. And as Eric mentioned, this is Ryan. You saw a little bit of his story on the screens earlier. Ryan and I both have uh, kids here at Calvary Christian School. In fact, we have big plans uh, to coach basketball one day and win many championships for Calvary Christians. <laughs> but Ryan, we heard some of your story, and we're just here to give honor and praise and glory to Jesus Christ for how he's worked, how he's given you peace, and we're praising the Lord even for your father-in-law and how he boldly asked you where you stand with Jesus Christ. And, and let me just again ask you where you stand, just as a public proclamation. So. Ryan, do you believe that Jesus came into this world, lived the life that you couldn't live, went to the cross, and died for your sins? Yes, I do. And have you personally believed in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and you placed your faith in Him as your Savior and Lord? Yes, I do. Amen. Well, based on your profession of faith, Ryan, it's now my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is Jake. Everybody say, hello, Jake. Hello, Jake. Okay, come a little closer, Jake. Jake is a really special man. Uh, he has an innocent faith, uh, but he has a genuine and real faith. In fact, uh, many, many Sundays, Jake comes up to me, and I know several of our pastors after we preach, and just says, good job, well done, and gives us a big hug. And so you are a hugger, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, Jake, tell us how old you are. I'm 26. 26, and you're here to be baptized yeah, today? Uh, today, for my Holy Spirit, our hearts, let's give us strength. Everyone is here, and there are a lot of people here. Give us strength through you guys. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of angels around you. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Love this guy. Um, Jake, you believe in Jesus Christ. He died for your sins, and... Have you personally trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I am. Amen. Amen. All right, let me take your glasses off if I could. Yeah. I'll give them back, I promise. Okay, turn here. Jake, based on your profession of faith, your genuine and authentic faith, it's now my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The water feels good. 
I think we're okay without a stool. Can you see her okay? Okay, tell everybody your name. This is Nevaeh, and she is a twin. And she was actually born second uh, of the two girls. And yet, her sister's getting baptized today, but she gets to be baptized first. And she's really proud of that fact here today. Uh, tell us what grade you're in and what school you go to. Third grade in Jordan Elementary School. Yeah, you're a third grader at Jordan Elementary. And we are so proud of the faith that you have. Jesus says you need to have a faith like a child to come into the kingdom. And so we're just praying, Nevaeh, that your faith leads many to Jesus Christ, that you're an influence not only on your sister, but on so many to come. And so let me ask you a similar question. Do you believe that Jesus came in this world, died for your sins on the cross, and then as the Bible says, rose again? Do you believe that? Yes. And have you trusted, Nevaeh, Jesus to be the Savior, the leader, the Lord of your life? Yes. Awesome. All right. Based on your profession of faith, Nevaeh, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that was Nevaeh, third grader, and now you're going to meet Cassandra. Sandra, uh, what grade are you in again? You're a third grader as well. And what school? Jordan Elementary. Jordan Elementary. Just be praying as she's baptized right now that these two twin sisters are just a powerhouse for Jesus at their school and wherever they go. That may you guys encourage each other and encourage all that you meet. And so let me ask you similar questions I asked your sister. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross? And have you asked Jesus to be the Savior, the Lord, the leader of your life, Cassandra? Amazing. All right, well, based on your profession of faith, it's now my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Chloe. Can you say hi, Chloe? Hi, Chloe. Tell us what grade in school you go to. I'm in sixth grade, and I go to Hughes Middle School. Yeah, sixth grade, Hughes Middle School. So just starting off or finishing her first year of middle school, as you remember how difficult, challenging that can be, and I'm just so proud of you that you're making this stand for Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you'll continue to stand for him at Hughes and, and beyond that as well. And so do you believe that Jesus came in this world and died for your sins on the cross? And you believe that the resurrected Jesus is your savior and your leader, forgiving your sins? Yeah. Amen. Well, based on your profession of faith, it's now my joy to baptize you in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. Tell us your name. This is Holden. Holden just turned 10 this month, and he's following his sister right now in baptism. So this is a good day for your family, isn't it? And yes. so, like your sister, I know that you want to follow Jesus with your life. And, and what school are you going to right now? Arroyo Elementary. You go to Arroyo, yes. And so let's pray that you can continue to stand for Christ at Arroyo. So uh, let me ask you the similar questions I asked your sister. Do you believe that Jesus 
came into this world, hung on a cross, and died for your sins? Yes. And have you personally trusted in the risen Savior, Jesus, to forgive you of your sins and making him the Savior and leader of your life? Yes, I do. Amen. Holden, well, based on your profession of faith, I now get to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't this cool? <laughs> All right. All right, tell us your name. Uh, Tisha. This is Tisha, and uh, this is a pretty significant moment in your walk with Jesus, and it's kind of preceding something's happening next week. What's happening next week? I get married next Sunday. You get married a week from today. So your fiance's out here somewhere. Wave out there, yeah. <laughs> So what a key time to make in a public, as you make a public profession of covenant next Sunday, now to make a public profession of your faith today. I'm proud of you. And so let me ask you some more questions. Do you believe, Tisha, that Jesus went to the cross, died for his sin, died for your sins, not for what he had done, but for what you had done? Do you believe that he shed his blood on the cross for you? Yes. And have you personally trusted Jesus to be the Savior, the leader, the Lord of your life? Absolutely, yes. Amen. Well, based on your profession of faith, a week before you get married, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why don't you both come in? So I want to introduce you to the wards. This is Jason and Francis, and they've requested that they could be in the baptismal together. They've been married for 20 years. We want to thank the Lord for that. Jason, why are you here to be baptized today? Because I want to confess my love for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so let me ask you uh, some more questions I've asked others. So do you believe that Jesus came in this world, lived the perfect life, went to the cross for your sins, died on the cross, but then rose again on the third day? Do you believe that? Yes, sir. And have you personally trusted in Jesus to be the Savior, the leader, the Lord of your life? Yes, sir. Amen. Jason, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Francis, Jason's wife, as I mentioned. What a significant moment for you as a couple and as a family to make, make in the stand today. And even... As we baptize right now, would you just be praying for them that they would continue to honor the Lord in all that they do in their marriage and in their family? So um, why are you here to be baptized today? I want to profess my love for Jesus Christ and my belief in Jesus Christ. Amen. So do you believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins? Yes, I do. And have you personally trusted Jesus to be the leader, the savior of your life? Absolutely. Amen, Francis. Based on your profession of faith, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. I might need a stool. All right, my friend, what's your name? Becca. This is Becca. Everyone say hi, Becca. And how old are you? I'm eight. Eight. And have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Yes. 
And when did you do that? Now six. Six, so a long time ago. <laughs> do you remember what happened? Um, my dad came to say goodnight to me, and I said, something's missing. I want to be closer to Jesus. So he told me to say this prayer, and I accepted the Lord in that prayer. That's awesome. Accepted the Lord, praying with her dad. And today, why do you want to be baptized? Because my second grade teacher, her name is Miss Wolfert, she, she shows so much compassion for Jesus. I wanted to do something that made me feel closer to him. All right, good. Well, we believe that Jesus has your heart. I love her heart. She's an amazing girl. And so today, because of your faith and your testimony in Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There we go. You look a lot like the person that was just in here. Do you know her? Yes. Who is it? My sister. That's your sister, okay. And what's your name? Hi, Hannah Connolly. Everyone say hi. Hi. Um, you believe in Jesus? Yes. You trust him as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And when did you do that? When I was about four years old. Four years old. So that's like a lifetime ago, right? It's a long, long time ago. And what happened when you received Jesus into your life? Um, I, somebody was praying, and then um, I felt something. I felt something was missing, and so I decided that I needed to accept Jesus in my heart, so I prayed, and I've been with him ever since. You've been with him ever since. That's awesome. And today, why do you want to be baptized? I want to be baptized because I want to be an example to others and show people my love for Jesus and to show them that I'm not ashamed of my faith in him. Yeah. So everyone who's older than nine years old, you now have an example right here. Doing awesome. I love that. Well, because of your faith and your testimony in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ministerio Hispanic Leadership. Dinos tu nombre, por favor. Mi nombre es Arfa de la Vega. This is a special day for Arfa because next month he's gonna get married. <laughs> Él se va a casar el próximo mes. Cuéntanos, ¿por qué decidiste bautizarte, Arfa? Bueno, buenos días, hermanos y hermanas. Mi nombre es Arfa Sad. Arfa, estoy aquí ante ustedes para compartirles lo que Dios ha hecho en mi vida. Yo crecí yendo a la iglesia domingos y jueves. Mi mamá nos llevaba, a mí y a mi hermano, a veces arrastrando, pero nos llevaba. Honestamente, la iglesia se me hacía aburrida, pero estoy agradecido por la resistencia de mi madre, sus oraciones y compromiso con Dios. A medida que fui creciendo en la etapa de joven adulto, todavía asistía a la iglesia, pero con mínima seriedad. Hubo veces que me iba a los bares o cantinas los viernes y sábados, y el domingo aquí estaba listo para escuchar la palabra. Yo he tomado varias decisiones no saludables, he lastimado a varias personas y por lo mismo yo he sido lastimado. No fue hasta que cumplí los 32, 33 años que ya era suficiente con ese estilo de vida destructivo. 
Hablé con el pastor Víctor Millán, me dio consejería, oró por mí, pero a la semana ya estaba de nuevo con decisiones negativas. Mi propia voluntad no era suficiente. Lo que no sabía es que Dios estaba obrando en mí. Lo buscaba más y busqué de nuevo el consejo del pastor Víctor. Fui asistiendo con regularidad a la iglesia y formé parte del, parte del grupo de varones. Ahora ya puedo observar qué poderosos son las oraciones de una madre. Es claro que el tiempo de Dios es perfecto y que sin él estoy perdido. Yo le doy gracias a Dios por su salvación, su poder, sus bendiciones y por poner gente increíble en mi camino de las cuales he estado aprendiendo. Estoy contento de poder ser bautizado como testimonio de la obra de Dios en mi vida. Arfa, ¿reconoces que Jesucristo es el único Señor y Salvador de tu vida? ¿Estás dispuesto a seguirlo el resto de tu vida? Sí. Yo te bautizo hoy en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. Dinos su nombre, por favor. Eh, mi nombre es Elías Rojano. Elías, cuéntanos por qué decidiste bautizarte y cuál es tu, tu historia. Bueno, yo conocí de Jesucristo desde hace muchos años, pero hace tres años yo tuve un encuentro personal con, con Él. Uh, he tomado algunas decisiones malas en mi vida, pero encontré a Dios y eh, le he confesado mis pecados. Él vive en mí y estoy agradecido por la gracia de Dios que me da este regalo. Y estoy contento de ser bautizado y dar testimonio de lo grande que Dios ha sido en mi vida hasta este momento que me sustenta cada día y todos los días. Elías, yo te pregunto, ¿crees que Jesucristo es el único Señor y Salvador de tu vida? Sí, lo creo. ¿Estás dispuesto a seguirlo el resto de tu vida? Sí. De acuerdo a esa confesión, yo te bautizo hoy en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo. My name is Pastor Jordan. I work with the high school ministry. Uh, and I got Cade here with me. So can we all say hi to Cade? All right. So Cade, you've given your life to Jesus. Uh, and today you're going to be baptized. Why do you want to be baptized? So I want to be baptized because, um, because each day I know I choose who I serve. And I've served many things. But glory to God who chose me to serve him. So I want to serve uh, Christ today with being baptized. Just like tomorrow, God willing, I'll serve Christ by an act of love, no matter how seemingly big or small that act may, uh, may feel. Whether I'm getting baptized or giving a high five, I hope I'm always serving Christ. And I'm glad to be here today to tell you that I am. All right. All right, that's super exciting. Cade, um, uh, I know that uh, we've been hanging out lately, and it's awesome to see God work in your life. So. A baptism is just a way to kind of see how, celebrate what God has done in your past and what God is doing now. So it is because of your testimony here today, it is my honor and my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.